God is good. All the time. God is good. Yes, all the time. You may not think about that all the time as you're trolling through life, but, uh, but God is good all the time. Sometimes we don't realize it. Um, but he remains the same, not stiff and boring, like unchanging, boring, the same. But his character is goodness, his joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And uh, whenever you're doubting your own joy, just turn to God. You know, it's uh, great to be here at Christmas time. It might be a little too loud. Um, because um, the world uh, you know, around us, um, by the way, how many people love Christmas time? Don't you love Christmas? There's something about it. My daughter was telling me, her and uh, um, that she was going to, they were looking at Christmas lights, and there was one down the street that when you turn on the radio at a certain channel, all the lights change. I want our block to do that <laughs> until it comes time to actually putting up the lights, right? Jody got mad at me because I put up the lights, and she goes, when are you taking them down? And I go, no, I just they're already up for next year. Just, just leave them up. <laughs> that did not go over well, so I took them down. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm cracking myself up. <laughs> You know, at Christmas time, you know, we have all, we have gift giving, we give to one another. And, uh, you know, there's a, a sharing time and just the, the beautifulness of Christmas. It, it just seems like it's time to, um, you know, get cozy. And, um, you know, and sometimes it is difficult for people. It's a hard time of the season. Maybe you just had a loss and, um, and it's bringing up some of the pain. And, you know, may God strengthen you during this time, if that's true for you and let you see the joy of what Christmas really is about. Um, it's not just about the, the giving and the shopping. It's not just Toys R Us and the Xbox, although the Xbox does look pretty cool. You know, amen. Thank you. <laughs> it does look cool. And the PS4 or 5 or PS25, whatever they have now. You know, it, you look at those games, look at the toys, and all the clothing stores are filled with new things and shopping, and it's fun to do that. Uh, but the but the real reason we celebrate Christmas, and you know, most people know that we don't know the exact date that Jesus was born. There's a bunch of different calculations people do to try to figure it out. Uh, but we pick this time, this winter time. Um, this is a time to remember Christ. We should remember Christ every day. But aren't you glad we take some time every year to remember the incarnation of Christ, when, when Jesus when Jesus came, when the Word became flesh. When the incarnate God who is transcendent, he is not of physical properties in the same sense that we understand that, molecules and all those things. God is not made of molecules and subject to nature. I got to get nature in order. God is the inventor of nature. God is the inventor of time and the universe. And he is not subject to it, but he is the creator of it. Uh, the, The character of God, the wisdom and the glory and the power and being all wise, Those aren't attributes that God adopted as if they were somewhere out there that he adopted them. They are part, they're intrinsic to who God is. God is wise and has always been wise. God has always been. He is the present God. Amen? And thank God, and how many, if you look at your own life right now, look at the last five years, two years, two months, how many need some forgiveness in your life? Man, isn't the message of, of, of Christmas awesome? You know, you look sometimes at your life and you go, Lord, can I please be forgiven for that? 
And how about this? And the cross that Jesus came to die on isn't just a symbol of his death, but it's a symbol of life because he conquered death with that. He came not just as a baby to somehow, you know, let's kind of look like they do. It's he had to come in our nature to pay for our sins so that he was the proper sacrifice for it. And we're going to talk about two things uh, today, and that's one is, and say, this is kind of an, an odd word, but just say incarnation. It has nothing to do with ice cream, you know, if you think about it. The incarnation is not a word that's typical. Um, you, may, you may use it in business senses, you know, it's an incarnation of our last idea, you know. But, but incarnation in this sense is the transcendent God who is not, who is not part, subject to the nature came into this world. He translated himself to this world. And he became flesh and dwelt among his own kind that he built. That's the incarnation. And the second part is first, so that's from John 1, John, the beloved disciple. And then First John, at the very beginning, chapter 1 of that book, is the first letter that, that John is writing to the leaders to tell them to proclaim Christ. And how many think we should proclaim Christ? Okay, so I, I want to talk about the incarnation, then I want to talk about the proclamation of Christ using John as the example, and then touching back on a few things Jesus said about himself that corresponds with this so that you can see that it's true. This is probably some of the, not the most, but it's one of the most profound texts and scriptures that I'm going to be reading today that are in the Bible. We'll start with John 1, 1. And Father... I pray that you'd empower your word. Lord, thank you that you spoke through a donkey. You can speak through me, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you want to make your word, which is life. You want to speak it to us. And I pray that you'd let it come alive, that it wouldn't just be a bunch of old ancient texts we're kind of reciting, that we can see that it has pertinence to us today. And I pray that you help me do that as I communicate it and um, I pray that you'd help digest it in the hearts so that we can be changed and transformed by your power, not just our effort, like Jody said earlier. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, um, let me preface just a little bit. Most of the time when people hear of the first book in the Bible, what's the first book in the Bible? Genesis. And that seems like the beginning, right? In the beginning, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. What most people don't know is that this book of John you know, almost, you know, 4,000 years later, this, this book is written. And this actually precedes the book of Genesis, the time. And it says, in the beginning, go ahead and put on that next slide, if you would, Matt. You guys up back there? There we go. In the beginning, can everyone say was? Was. In the beginning, so in the beginning, Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. Here it says, in the beginning, was. In the beginning, was the word. In, in the 1500s, a lot of the English Bibles that were translated there, they say in the beginning was the speech. Or some say, you know, it's the Greek word logos, which is the idea or the concept or the, the word, the living being, the context of God, the story of God, his speech, his life. In the beginning was the word, which is Christ. In the beginning was the word. Can everyone say, and the word was with God. So in a sense, you got this picture you just read so far. In the beginning was, it's an imperfect tense. That means there's no place to locate it. It's before the beginning. 
Before the beginning. In the beginning, it already was. Amen? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, here's the Word, He was with God. And then it says this, and the Word was God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. How many think this is pretty profound? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Uh huh. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And, and, and then verse 14 says, the word became flesh, that it, it became matter, it became material, it became human, it, 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 uh, the zygote and all the phases, it, it became in humanity it, and made his dwelling among us. He came and he hung out with us. He was there. He was transcended. He was the word. He was in there in the beginning, before the beginning. And it says, we have seen his glory. Imagine John giving this testimony. I've seen him. We have seen the glory of the one and only. And if you have the King James, it might say the begotten. It's the word monogamous in Greek, which means mono, single gene, or single type, unique type, the only type. And translated here in NIV, the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm so glad that he didn't come just full of truth. Aren't you? And God goes, hey, here's a bunch of truth. You're going, oh, thanks. That's, I love your truth, Lord. But I'm glad it came with grace and truth. Amen? How many need some grace out there? Come on. Amen. Me too. And listen how he says it. Because remember, at the beginning of Genesis, you have, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Look at this. John 1, 3, it says, through him, this word, all things were made. How many things? All things. Without him, nothing was made, then has been made. It's like the second sentence is reinforcing the first one. Through him, all things were made. By the way, without him, nothing was made that has been made. Like, let there, you know, Colossians says the same thing, for the fullness of the deity dwelt in him. All things were made by him and through him and for him. How many think Jesus might be pretty important? Amen? He is pretty significant. I love Santa, but Jesus is pretty important. Amen? I tell you, I mean, Santa's cute. In him, not Santa, in him, can everyone say, was life. Life. We're talking about, imagine God talking about himself. It's kind of like when you're talking to your kids, you tell them, going, hey, let me tell you about my past and who I am and what my life is about. You're telling them. God's trying to communicate this. And John's describing him in him. That's life. He's going to call him the word of life, the eternal life. He is the source. Everything of life exudes from him. In him was life, and that life, what does it become? It becomes the light of men. It's the light of men. It's their hope. It's what we can put in into practice because we know it's from God. The light shines. See, when I, when I go to this next sentence, I expect something like this. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and everybody thought it was cool. Isn't, don't you expect that? But here it says, the light shines in the darkness, and he's talking about us, but the darkness has not understood it. Light and darkness. You know, the closer the light gets to us, it exposes everything. I mean, we're starting to get these high-definition camera. I'm realizing I'm going to start having makeup on when I'm up here. 
right? I mean, it's going to start to go in in all your pores. They go, yeah, have you had acne problems? Yeah. Back off, Belle. Back the camera off. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> all you real muscle guys are going out there. No definition. Watch me get up there. Thank God I don't have to preach myself, huh? Wouldn't that be terrible? Let me preach Eric today. People leave sad. <laughs> I, I'm thankful I get to preach Jesus, don't, aren't you? In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness hasn't understood it. It hasn't figured, like, well, what? 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 And that's Jesus the guy, right? And it's like who he is. Isn't that Joseph? Is Joseph's kid? You know, isn't he, he's from Nazareth, isn't he? Is, is anything good come from Nazareth? I don't think so. Is he a prophet? Who is he? Who? And finally he goes to Peter and he goes, who do you say that I am? And he goes, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, blessed are you, Simon Barjonas, because this was not revealed to you by man, but from God. My father revealed this to you. And on this, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm going to say amen. Okay, he continues. He's going to talk about John now. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. Put your own name in there just for a second. You know? It says, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light. Why did he come? To go, I'm John the amazing one? Or look at my tough life, how I persevered out in the desert? No. No. Those are testimonies about him, but he says, I'm here to testify concerning the light. I want to tell you why. So that all might believe through him. And why is this believing so important? Like, you know, you know, why don't they, why doesn't he say, you know, he came so that all might watch him and then have to imitate them. And if he imitate them perfectly, then they'll be saved. He doesn't say that. He says, so that all might believe in him because this journey, this sojourn that this this Jesus is going to do is going to lead up to that cross where he finally is going to look and says, I take away the sins of the world. Isn't that amazing news? You want a gift? Oh, I'm really healthy right now. I'm taking all my good vitamins and I'm eating right. That's great. But how, how about living forever with God? This is one of his promises. And not only in some future life, God wants to give you internal emotional Life now. How many say amen? You know, there was a man sent from God. His name was Ira. Right? And how many know that Ira is a godsend? And, and, and look at your spouse. There was a person who his name, her name was. Put your name there. They were sent from God. You may not realize it. And they came not to testify about themselves, but testifying concerning the light that all might believe. Listen, verse eight. He himself was real clear. This, this is John just explaining it. John the Baptist came. He's concerning the light that I told you, this word who was with God and he was God. He was with God in the beginning. And he said, he isn't the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Good news, Amen. Now listen, as I finish with this incarnation, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, how was the world made? 
Who's him? But who's not in the context? Yes, it's God. But who's the context of this scripture? Jesus, right? John came to bear witness. Look, the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world. Amen? This is incredible good news. And the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. Boy, isn't that the fact? You know, you can be talking to someone and go, man, let me tell you about Jesus. What's that have to do with anything in my life? Oh, everything. You just don't realize it yet. But it's everything. But I'm just really trying to make my relationships work. Yeah. That's actually his specialty. He invented relationships. Yeah, but I'm just, we're trying to get along. I know, and he actually created the human soul. And he's all about oneness. That's exactly who he is. And he has all the power. And by the way, he's actually the life. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. That's a active tense. No one received him. They didn't reach out to him. And it says, yet to all who received him. And again, the tense changes on the word received to, to passive. And he says, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, which is authority, exousia, to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent. If you have King James, it'll say not of blood. Descendants line. You didn't get there because your grandpa was a Christian. And it says, nor of human decision. Ponder that. Or a husband's will, but born how? Of God. Born of God. How many think this is powerful? Turn to someone and say, Merry Christmas. Because Jesus has come. Jesus has come. Not the little boy in the manger, but the incarnate, eternal Son of God in the eternity, infinite past, was the Word, came into the flesh, and he died for us. The Lagos. Theos is God. Lagos is Word. In the beginning was the Lagos. And the Lagos was with Theos. And the Lagos was Theos. There it is, right there in Greek. All right. John 1, let's incarnation of Christ. 1 John 1, the testimony of Jesus. I, I want to take you to this Gospel of John. And, and, you know, maybe from your direction, I'll go this way. But the Gospel of John, we have the story of the life of Jesus. You know, he was born and he, then he died and then he rose again to bring salvation to us so that we wouldn't have to pay for our own sins, but he did it for us. Do I hear amen? amen. Now, we have John now, the same disciple, years later, writing a message to some elders in the life of the church saying, I want to tell you what happened. And I want to tell you that, that we proclaim it as should you. And this will give us fellowship with one another, this gospel message. So he's talking to these Jewish elderly, elder later, elder, not elder in age, but elder in maturity leaders. Now, it's a little different than when Luke comes on the scene. Luke is not one of the 12 disciples. He's a disciple, actually, of the Apostle Paul. He's also the author of Acts. Luke Acts was really one book. And what Luke did is Luke, because he wasn't the eyewitness, he's talking to Theophilus at the very beginning of the book of Luke, and he's saying, I gathered all the information. I corroborated the testimony. I, I'm a scholar. I'm a writer. I'm an author. I'm a doctor. I did it, and I gathered the information. John is saying, I saw it. I was there. 
So he, John's the one who just did everything that we just wrote. John is writing that. Now we're going to get his first letter. Raise your hand if you get where I'm going. Okay? And then we're going to take a look back just a little bit to see what Jesus actually said about this himself while he was on the earth. Okay? So, number one, we're going to talk about this testimony of Jesus. This is obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. Proclaim Jesus Christ. Amen? How many want to share Christ of Christmas? You can't get around it. You can say, hey, I really want to invite you to church. That's great. But you haven't witnessed yet. I'm doing it, but you can do it too. Amen? Amen. Proclaim Jesus Christ and who he is. Uh, trust me, I've, I've shared Christ with people where I thought, oh, it's going to seem crazy to them. And after I shared it, God empowered it. Did you know that God empowers his gospel? You share the gospel and all of a sudden power comes out. Listen now, this is First John, the very beginning. So we had Genesis 1, we have John 1, now we have John's first letter. He says, we proclaim to you the one who existed, can everyone say, from the beginning. From the beginning, he was already there. He wasn't created at that time, okay? And then it says, whom we have heard and seen. And here's his testimony. And, and, and think about this. There's some of you, you weren't, and some of you, all of you, none of you were there at the incarnation. But how many through God's Holy Spirit, his spirit, the same spirit of Christ, God's spirit, how many of you encountered God's spirit? Four of you? That's good. Then I'm, this message is going to be awesome because maybe you guys will come to the Lord. How many have experienced God's power? T- just raise your hand high. Now raise your other hand and say hallelujah. hallelujah. See, you just became Pentecostal overnight. There it is. Wasn't that hard? Right? You just flow with it there. He said, we, whom we have heard and seen, we saw him with our own eyes. John's going, I'm telling you, we saw him. And we touched him with our own hands. And then look at, he is the word of life. You know, and NIV would be concerning the word of life. He, we testify to him who is concerning the word of life. He is that word. He is this word, this word, this logos, who is living, the source of life. I don't proclaim myself. Just turn to someone and say, I don't need to proclaim myself. You just need to proclaim him. Just watch the Apostle Paul, when he's standing before Festus or Felix or King Agrippa, he, you know, he, he is proclaiming Christ. He goes, what happened? He goes, this is what happened, and it's this Christ. When the, when the beggar comes to Peter and Peter lays hands on him and he gets healed, um, the guy goes, thank you, who are you? And he goes, I, don't look at me as if by my own godliness or power this happened. This happened because of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, we got to proclaim Jesus Christ. Number two, we need to testify to eternal life. Can everyone say with me, this one, this one, this is Jesus, who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is, can everyone say the one? I know that everyone thought Jet Li was the one in that movie, but I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is the one who is eternal life. We're not talking about longevity here. Like God comes to you and he goes, I really want you to hang out for a long time. Just how many want to live this boring, mundane life forever? And I see other people's cartoon pictures of what heaven is like. Like we're all going to sit and watch harps played by angels. 
And I've shared the story before, but I used to work with the San Francisco Symphony when I was in the recording industry. And I recorded Anna Maria, who is one of the best harpists in the world. I recorded two albums for her. And I love harp. But after the second album, I'm going, I am sick of harp. You know, and blessings to Anna Maria. And she goes, oh, I get sick of it too. Give us a flute. Put a flute in there. Put something in there. If you think we're going to be sitting there on clouds playing harps, you obviously don't know yourself and what will fulfill you because that will not fulfill you. That will be boring. Amen? And I'm all excited. My father passed away two years ago and he found the Lord and I am so glad about meeting with him. But if you think I'm excited about hanging around with him for eternity alone, that's it. I'm sorry, but I want to see God. How many say amen? Amen. And if you think God's boring, then you only understand a religious God. You don't know who the real God is. Because the real God is amazing. Not because we sing about it and we're trying to make him amazing by our singing. The intricacies of God, God says over in his word, over and over, like, you have no idea what's out there. That's God. Imagine the eternal God looking at our piddly 80 years, 72 if you're a man. Good luck. Get your cholesterol down. Whatever that time frame is, that is nothing compared to a concept of no time with God in eternity, being with the presence of God, and no longer having to worry if your sin is going to separate you from God because Christ will take away every bit. And as you walk in, the Bible says the tears will be moved away from your eyes. Every pain from the past, you'll have consciousness of it, but it'll be gone. This is this word of life. And that's why Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, I have come, I'm preparing a place for you. Well, it's like a house, it's like a cottage. No, it's a place where I am. I come back so that you can be where I am, Right? with my father. How many want to be in that place? I'm telling you, there's no earthly analogy, but have you ever had your soul loved to death, to life? If you ever have, I've experienced that love of God. There is nothing like the love of God. Nothing like the love of God. And God will give us, amen. Amen. Does that mean we're going to hate everybody around us, but just love God? Absolutely not. That's a ridiculous argument. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to bring a comparison. Imagine being able to love the people around you without shame, without fear, without doubt. These are the things that hinder us, amen? Listen, this one whose life was revealed to us, we have seen him. We testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. Number three, not only do we proclaim Christ and testify to his eternal life, but we receive new fellowship. And John says that he is, we proclaim this to you. What we ourselves have actually seen and heard, can you say with me, so that, so that you may have fellowship with us. There's a bond here. There's a connection. Because, uh, listen, I, I, have, I, love this, I, I love football. And I, I am, some, some call me a fair weather fan, but I'm a true football fan. True football fan. And I love, you know, I'm wearing a Steelers. Someone else is wearing a Steelers. And they go, hey, cool, I'm a Steelers. And I see you Bronco fans. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I, I like Peyton Manning. But... 
okay, and I like Deckard, and I like, this, I like your offensive line, kind of. Don't get me off track. And I love, don't you love it? You're wearing your Broncos jersey and someone else and go, man, we're both Broncos. You look it. It's kind of like when you sign your autograph when you're in sixth grade and you're graduating and you go, I'm so glad that we had Mrs. Nestbaum together. Stay the same forever. And you know you don't mean that, right? But, but there's like, we had this bond or, you know, we had this bond. Don't you want a deeper, richer bond than that? And I'm telling you, the eternal God makes us, designed us to crave. That's why we have these cravings, but we aim them at all the wrong places. We have a craving for God. We have a craving to love. These are built in. And that's why the world promises you with its advertising, every kiss begins with K. If you buy the diamond, you'll be happy. Then you put it on her finger and you still argue like you did yesterday. But it bought you four hours of peace. How many want a deeper letter than K? And hey, thank God for the beautiful diamonds, right? But God says he's more costly than gold. He's more richer than diamonds. Jasper and Carnelian, and he lists them all out. He is richer. Amen? Amen. We're almost done here. Say, thank God. (laughs) Will this guy ever shut up? Uh, Let's confirm the truth. I want to go back to Jesus here. Jesus talking. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you the truth. Right? Veritas. In the the Latin there, you hear in the Passion of the Christ. Veritas. Vera. Truth. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, listen, and will not be condemned. I meet people every once in a while that go, well, I don't know if you can lose your salvation or gain your salvation. I go with Jesus every time. You could talk all you want, but Jesus says he has just crossed over from death to life. It's like one minute's death, faith in Christ, All of a sudden, I'm in life. How many say amen? In him was life. The life was the light of men. Listen, watch Thomas, because Thomas is trying to figure this out. And then Philip barges in. This is the disciples. Disciples, if you think you're having trouble figuring this out and going, you know, who is Jesus? I don't understand. Explain it to me. And people ask all the time, I don't understand. Who is Jesus? Who's the Father? Who's the Holy Spirit? Uh, Trying to explain. The the disciples were with Jesus. They watched the miracles. And they were getting all the questions from the crowd. Is he a prophet? Is he a leader? Is Is this like a reincarnation of Elijah? What is this? And they kept asking him. And that's when Peter says, I know who you are. But, but, but the other disciples are coming to him and they're saying, Lord, I know you keep saying you're going. I don't understand. What he's talking about is the cross. I'm going to the cross. The Son of Man is going to pay for you. By the way, I'm going to break the bread. Well, thank you for the bread. Where's the peanut butter? No. This bread is my body broken for you for the forgiveness of sins. The blood is the blood of a new covenant. It's not the Old Testament. 
or the old covenant. It's new. Life. The life blood spilt. Real blood. Real man. Real incarnation for you that you could be saved. And they say, Lord, where are you going? So we can know the way. And Jesus' answer says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you know that this is Jesus quoting what they call the ego I me, which is the I am, I am, I am, I am. Moses goes on the mountain. Who should I say is, is asking me, God, on the mountain? Tell them I am. What? Tell them I am has sent you. But Like, what's your last name? I am who I am. How about that? No one comes to the Father except through me. Look at the, Imagine his disciples sitting around him. No one comes to the Father except by me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. <laughs> Philip, uh, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. There was a Muslim in, uh, from Morocco in Europe when we were d- doing mission work out there. Jody, I, Ira, a bunch of us were out there sharing the gospel, living out in tents at a park. And I quoted this scripture. Muslims who just before were throwing bikes and rocks at us. And I looked at them, this man, his name's Usman. And as I read it, this scripture, all of a sudden I felt the spirit of the Lord as I was sharing it. And I looked at him And it was like the spirit fell on his heart. And he looked up at me like, what happened? And I saw tears go down his eyes. Just as I read this, I said, don't you know me? And he looked up and he said, I believe. And this guy passed out Bibles for us every day. He'd come with his bike and get more Bibles. And, and, and remember, we were thinking to ourselves, this guy's going to get killed. But he's going to get killed in the name of the Lord. So hallelujah. Actually, we weren't that crass. How many are thankful for Christmas now? Listen, think about it. The greatness of God. Let's confirm the letter just a little bit. Now let's go back. That's Jesus talking. Let's go to, this is the last two-part scriptures here I have. This is John's letter. This is as he's closing the letter. He makes it real plain. He gives all these attributes. If you have the son of God, the love for the brethren, that's going to come out. You know, you're going to want to get rid of pain and sin and death out of your life because in him is no sin. And then he says, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Boy, we live in such a world that is tolerant of everything. You know, I have people all the time that'll say to me, and they'll say, well, you know what I believe? And they'll come up with something. I believe that life is, you know, it's just one big circle. And I go like, and I always call them on it. So it's like a big circle, like it's a round circle. 
Is it oval or is it round? Is it a perfect circle? Is it two semicircles put together or just one line drawn? No, no, it's just a, it's like they don't really know what they're talking about. And I just kind of feel like, and they start going off, and then they go, what do you think? And I'll go, well, I think life is like a pink pony that's riding around on a big truck that floats around with toasters around it. It's like I can make up stuff too, can't you? How many know you can make up stuff? And, and people go, well, I don't know about the Bible. I don't know, because I don't know how many translations and this stuff. And I said, we still have the Greek manuscripts going back to the Dead Sea Scrolls and beyond. We have 5,000 manuscripts and then 6,000, and we can recreate the whole Bible just from pastoral lectionaries from the, the first and second century. And, and, and they go, yeah, but that's not real reliable. And I said, well, tell me about your circle story. How many manuscripts do you have? Well, I don't know. I just kind of feel after watching TV, this would be a really good idea. And I go, well, thank you for your YouTube input, and I'll stick with the Bible. How many say amen? amen. You know, if you th- you're looking for manuscript evidence, try to find something different. He who has the Son, this isn't me talking. This isn't even me trying to be exclusive. exclusive. And I'm certainly not a better than thou, because I know what a big sinner my life has been. How many need forgiveness of sins? Come on. It says, he who has the Son has what? He who does not have the Son of God does what? They do not have life. This is him. And look at how he finishes. And this is my last scripture right here. I write these things to you who believe. So imagine John's up there. I'm writing this to you guys because you believe. You believe in the name of the Son of God. Raise your hand if you believe in the name of the Son of God. I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Ah, thank the Lord. Just, we just relax and just say, I have eternal life. I have eternal life. Because I believe in the name of the Son of God. Is this good news? How many like Christmas now? Listen, I love when getting gifts and I love getting them. Jody says, I can't, I'm impatient. It's like Rachel, my daughter's the same way. We buy something, we go, guess what we got you? <laughs> it's November, I know. But I've been wanting to see the smile on your face ever since I got it. <laughs> you know, how many are like me? It's like, so don't tell them any secrets about Christmas. But God doesn't only give you a new shirt or a new Xbox or a new game, but he gives you eternal life, forgiveness, redemption, restoration, purpose. He recreates who you really are within in your soul. Do you need this? This is what God is. Why don't you close your eyes? How many out there, and just respond, just keep your eyes closed if you would. We say that so you can have some privacy between you and God. It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. Just keep your eyes closed and raise your hand and agree or or don't agree. How many need to be reminded right now that you have eternal life? You just go, gosh, I'm always working hard at it. I feel like I'm earning it half the time or I remember, but then I forget. But you say, I believe that Jesus died for me. If that's you, you need to just be reminded, Lord, I have eternal life. Thank you. If that's you, we just with me, we just raise your hand to God. Say, Lord, I need to be reminded. I have eternal life. 
Thank you for the great assurance of recognizing that. And how many of you, you, I mentioned the forgiveness that Jesus offers. You needed the power of forgiveness in your life. If that's you, just raise your hand up high. And I'd love to have our base camp team come forward as well. We, we have a ministry that we, we call base camp because it's, you know, when you're climbing a mountain and starting a new adventure, it's great, first of all, to start with other people. And it's also great to kind of have your instructions, every, everyone with all their ducks in a row. And have, it's good to go with experienced climbers too because they know the treacherous ways that you can avoid. That's what base camp is about. It's a place of blessing. Some of you may have religious pasts where it um, doesn't matter, the diversity of them are all over the world. But maybe it's more controlled. You're under control of some sort. I promise you, base camp is just relational. It's people serving that want to help. And then we come together to say, let's grow together. And I, I highly recommend it. Our base camp leaders are on the front. Just acknowledge to them as I close with this next last prayer to say, yes, I would like to, I'd like to be a part of that. Our base camp room is toward the end. The last second door on the right, last, last, the second to last. And... Just come to the base camp. You can go up there and introduce yourself and sign up. And, and or you can go to one of the leaders right there and just say, hey, can you, can you grab me one of those brochures so I can find out more what's going on? It's not about religion. It's about relationship. And Father, I thank you that you died for us. You paid for us. If you haven't turned to Jesus Christ before as Lord and Savior or you felt like you've kind of drifted away a little bit and the Lord has been calling you near. If that's you, just look up at me and just raise your hand. I want to agree with you in prayer. Just look up at, I agree. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? It's okay to acknowledge, just to be honest with yourself. You don't need to do anything. Anyone else? Amen. I see you. Amen. God bless you. Lord, I thank you for these, Lord. And if I didn't see you, I I apologize. But Father, you see their hand. And I want to pray with you in the name of Jesus. Lord, may the blessing of, of the Lord shine upon you. May his face shine upon you. You need the forgiveness. Will you just thank God for forgiving you right now? Just say thank you, Lord. You need you need deep forgiveness at every part, so do I. And God will forgive you. Any sin, it doesn't matter. I, if I gave you a list of mine, you'd go, whoa. Trust me, God's forgiveness is deep and it's rich. Just thank him for it. It's been paid for. He didn't just let you off the hook, but he paid for your sin. It'd be like a father going to prison for you and running out your time. And this is exactly what the Lord did, but he took your eternal consequences. Just thank him. And just with the, as we walk out, just grab one of those base camp leaders and say, I, I want to take the next step. I, I want to grow. And God wants to bring change in your life for your own sake. Bring your healing and wholeness for your own heart. And Lord, I thank you for Christmas. It's an awesome time. And Lord, I love all of it. I like the food. Lord, I like driving around looking at lights. I like hanging out with people. Lord, I love the special times. And Lord, those who are going through hard times, I pray that you would just be restoring their hearts right now. Giving them the right perspective. Making them whole. And we commit everything to you. Bless our kids. Lord, bless the churches around us. Touch them and fill them with your spirit and the gospel. 
And we praise your name in Jesus' name. If you agree, can you say amen?